tuned into this episode of Pacey Performance Bite Size. So this clip comes from Nathan Kiley from episode 418, where we discuss knees over toes and the knees over toes philosophy, specifically the split squat knees over toes exercise. But just before we do dive into this episode with Nathan, I want to say a big thanks to Rock Daisy for sponsoring this episode today. Rock Daisy's athlete management system gives sports organizations opportunity to focus on the important parts of human performance. No more endless spreadsheets and logging into multiple systems. Rock Daisy enables you to centralize, analyze, and visualize your data. To see how Rock Daisy can help improve your organization, check out rockdaisy.com and sign up for a free trial. So one one thing that you mentioned in the article was the uh, the emphasis on the knees over toes split squat, and that's something. If you go, I tried to find this page. I'm sure there's no page there, but I might be wrong. Anyway, um, yeah, there's there's a lot of push on the split squat. That been a foundational uh, kind of movement within this philosophy, and then the athletic development. SNC, sports science, whatever it is, area of our industry have kind of taken that on board and tried to, or it looks like they tried to integrate that within performance settings. And that's something that, again, that you focus on in the article. From your point of view, in terms of a critique of that approach, how do you feel about that and the split squat and its transfer to the things that we want to happen on the field and the court? Yeah, I suppose there's probably two prongs to it. So there's the the rehab setting, um, like the injury prevention or the like feeling good. Like he talks a lot about like this is going to make your knees feel good, right? So often you're talking about people who are in pain. Um, so there's that perspective and then there's the performance perspective. So from a rehab perspective, they there's kind of like two pervasive claims that um, the knees over toes people Phenomenon. make, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> the phenoms. Um, the first claim that they make is around, well, they're both related to the VMO. So the first claim they make is that the VMO is really important for uh, reducing knee pain if you've got patellofemoral pain. Um, and what they've tried to do is actually use evidence to support their claims. And I actually bothered to go and read the papers that they cite, and it doesn't say what they say it says. <laughs> So the first one they quote is this Toomey paper from 2013 and they had all these people have knee pain and they looked at VMO strength. Um, Basically they found people with strong VMOs in their cohort had a 75% chance of having knee pain and people with weak VMOs had an 85% chance of having knee pain. So there is a trend to say that stronger VMO good. But it's not statistically significant and it's not definitive evidence. Like it's maybe there's a trend there, maybe there isn't. So to say it's the key muscle and everything's about VMO training, I think that's probably an overstatement. It's it's multifactorial. There's more to it than that. And then the second claim that they make is um, around the knees over toes exercise, being the split squat or you could apply it to a normal squat or whatever, is basically that you can preferentially target the VMOs. And they cite this Marchetti paper from 2016. Um, And I don't know what they were thinking when they cited this study because that's not what it says at all. So the study they cited shows that the the VMO, like if you look at the surface EMG, it's highest at 90 degrees of knee flexion. So not a deep squat. Um, And then it actually drops by 30% when you get to 140 degrees of knee flexion. So a deep squat, you get less VMO activation. 
um, that's what this paper says. It, th- this is the paper they cite, right? So if you went and looked at the whole evidence, maybe it says something else, but I just thought it was interesting that they're trying to use evidence to support their claim and it didn't really back up what they were trying to say. Um, the second prong that you mentioned is the athletic performance side of things. So is the knees over toes split squat or their um, philosophy um, going to make you better at sporting actions and sports performance and things like that. Um, Now, this particular claim doesn't come from Ben Patrick or his group, but I had seen um, a a strength coach, and I think we actually discussed this offline before months ago. For the life of me, I couldn't find it. There was this post from someone on Twitter about um, knees over toes split squat and the transfer to acceleration. And basically they were kind of, they had their two pictures and it was shin angle in knees over toes split squat and shin angle in acceleration. Um, and I searched high and wide and I can't find it. So you're just going to have to believe me that it exists and I didn't make this up. Um, and basically when I saw that, I kind of went, oh, yeah, I can see what you're saying, but that's actually not how it works. And the reason that's not how it works is because there's a confusion around Uh, local and global coordinate systems that's going on there. Um, And I've got to give a lot of credit to Dan Cletha, who I think you've had on the show before. Uh, I read his book, Force, and it's a great little book um, in in all the the things that it goes through, the details it goes through. But one of the things he talks about is the confusion around um, force vector theory that he he, um, rubbishes, I suppose, which um, sort of comes from from Brett Contreras' work. Essentially, what we've got is we can look at the individual athlete and the reference frame for them. So you've got superior, inferior, like up and down relative to your body um, and everything else around it. And then you've got the global um, coordinate system, which is vertical in relation to the world. And your body and the world don't necessarily always align with each other. So um, in acceleration... Yeah, an athlete is going to be generating force in an inferior orientation through their body, um, which is down and back in the world fixed system. So this is where we get confusion around horizontal forces. So you look at horizontal ground reaction forces in acceleration and people go, oh, we need like horizontally orientated strength training, like a hip thrust or something like that. But they're forgetting that you've got to look at the orientation of the body. Like you're at a 45 degree shin and trunk angle so all of that force is being produced inferiorly to the body you're still just pushing down if you stood the athlete up they're just pushing straight down into the ground Um, then if you look at that and compare it to the knees over toes split squat the what you're doing there is you're sort of distributing load over the toes and then pushing sort of up and back through the forefoot to return to your start position um, which is a different movement it it doesn't correspond um, neither from like a local coordinate or global coordinate system perspective. They actually don't look the same. And in the article, I actually would argue that um, just like a low box step up has far more dynamic correspondence to acceleration than a knees over toes split squat. If you look at the joint angles, you look at the uh, the vector that the force is being applied through, and the force is a vector quality, but you're pushing down in, in the same way. So... Like I I said, I don't have an issue with knees over toes training. I like it. I think there's a time and place for it. But I just think you've got to understand its limitations, the pros and cons. 
Um, and just appreciate too that it's GPP. It's not, I don't think it's specific to any action that we see in sport, like not in a team or a field sport. You're never in those positions. It's still got benefits. You can improve tissue quality and promote blood flow to the area. And there's all sorts of great benefits, but I just wouldn't fool yourself into thinking that it's like a panacea to injury prevention or to any aspect of performance. Do you think it's, this is a classic case of, of taking something, running with it, pushing it to its limit, and then some, like you say, eye candy, clever marketing, nice Instagram posts around it? Obviously some, some slightly spurious claims with links to research based on what you've just said, them, them two papers that they hang their hat on, which probably aren't saying what they think they're saying or they've been told they're saying. And that just kind of building and snowballing and it becoming an extreme. And then, and then all of us, you know, at some point it'll probably swing back and people will go, I'm not quite sure about that. And we just end up somewhere. Yeah, I think it's, it's a a good example of, um, I think what happens in the sort of social media sphere in this industry, which is that every now and then someone will just come up and say the complete opposite of what everyone else has been saying. And, it gains a lot of traction for whatever reason, just because um, there's like this contra- there's there's a love for contra- contrarianism, um, and yeah, I think it's it's actually got benefits because it gets people to think outside the box, and uh, I think you should be open to all this stuff, but you should also have the ability to crit- critically analyze claims, um, and yeah, I I think we yeah you see it come in swings and roundabouts. There's, I don't want to go into all this weird go-to stuff that's on the internet or whatever, but like just some weird stuff comes up where someone comes out of the blue and just says the complete opposite of what we think we know about training and movement and whatever. And um, sometimes there's something to it, but sometimes it's a bit spurious as well. And I think that's that's a credit to you and the other people in the industry who have been faced with <clears throat> athletes who were spending a lot as we all are spending a lot of time on instagram and getting influenced by these kind of people and then try it and then you know that's that that adds another layer of complexity to what you do because you're not only advising athletes in a, in a program you're trying to dispel or look into other claims that they've been influenced by like 15 years ago it may have been a you know muslim health magazine or you know men's health or whatever it is and then you're trying to dispel that and encourage the right thing. And now it's just, it's in our faces all the time and you guys are dealing with that because players are getting influenced by it and think that that looks cool and it's maybe better or something different to what you're putting down on the on the, on the program for that day. So that, yeah, it makes it hard for you guys. It's an interesting balance too because yeah. I actually really enjoy the fact when uh, an athlete takes an interest in exploring movement and what their body can do like I actually think that's really cool and I think like I do that with my own body I try stuff on myself and um, just because it doesn't work out doesn't mean it was the end of the world and it wasn't a disaster but you've kind of got to balance the risk a little bit too so um, yeah it's an awkward sort of conversation to have with an athlete who's excited about trying something and you kind of got to pump the brakes on it a little bit and um, yeah kind of have that conversation with them. I know you mentioned that example of the the athlete with the knee pain and trying this out because they see it on Instagram. Is there anywhere or any aspects of this philosophy that you would use 
when it comes to athletes with knee pain and examples of it actually having or aspects having a positive effect? Yeah, look, I think um, first of all, you've got to make sure that like you get a good diagnosis around what your injury is. Like, it's not a one size fits all injury approach. You make sure you actually know what we're trying to. What's the problem that we're trying to fix here? Um, ask questions around what might the other factors be that have influenced this injury. It might not be a strength issue. It could be lifestyle or a training habit. Like you might have a guy who just keeps turning off his right leg and he's got sore right knee. Well, maybe stop doing that. Like sometimes it's it's easier than you think. Um, training load's usually the most significant factor. Like if you've got a big spike or change in what you're doing, then yeah, it's, it's probably not a surprise if, if you've got sore um, pain or injury start developing mobility motor control all these other factors can contribute so go through the process of ticking that stuff off um, and then if it's appropriate for the athlete like if they've like if they can get into these positions pain-free okay well let's commence a progressive overload scheme to get you stronger in these positions and, and build the capacity to get get better at this sort of stuff um, but it's also worth considering like what's their injury history do they have knee degeneration and other things going on you've just got to look at it holistically and look at all the factors um but look i don't have a fundamental opposition to deep knee flexion um in rehab in any element of training i just think you need to be careful um in in how you introduce something like that especially if it's particularly novel for an athlete if they've if they've never done something like that before you need to respect the fact that it's going to take time for their body to adapt to it and get used to it. So, to finish this little bit of a se- little bit of section for, um, to set us up for the next half hour. In summary, be critical of what you see online. Doesn't fit everyone. This is probably a swing one way, and it'll probably come back towards the middle as it always seems to do. Yeah, so that's yeah. that's a pretty fair summary. Thanks for tuning into this episode of Pacey Performance Bite Size. The full episode can be found on YouTube, iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. The episode number is 418, and I thank you for tuning in, and I'll chat to you next time.